Hey, this is Tanner Sherlock. I'm the pastor at Shadow State Chi Alpha. And this is our podcast where our mission is to make disciples who then make disciples. Be sure and subscribe so you can get our content every time we post. And I pray that this message blesses you today. God bless. All right, so this last week, um, I actually forgot to create uh, slides for it too. Um, this last week, Courtney and I went on our 10th anniversary trip to Yellowstone. And uh, we, yeah, we haven't been posting. I literally, I have existed um, this morning and we got back last night, right? Yeah. Sunday night. Anyway, I've barely existed. That's right, because you guys had small group. I've barely existed since we got back. It's been kind of crazy. There's two types of vacations. There's relaxing vacations where you come back refreshed, and then there's you went and did a lot and saw a lot, and it's really inspiring and cool, and you see scenery, but you get back and you're kind of exhausted. And I always say you need a vacation from your vacation on on that kind. And that's kind of what this was. We wanted to see as much as we possibly could. And one of the things Courtney and I like to do for our anniversary every year is we like to go on a hike. Um, that's kind of our thing. We go on a hike, and the hike needs to be something that's got uh, a good payout is what we call it. And I, don't, I think it's a hiking term. Just so at the end of the hike, there's something that made it worth going to see. Usually it's like a waterfall or a river or something cool. Rock face, maybe overlooking um, from the top of the mountain. And so a few years back, we did a hike in the Redwoods in Northern California. And uh, we were 100 feet into this hike. And this family walks out and they're like, oh, we're not doing that hike. There was uh, a ranger that just told us there was a family of bears spotted on the trail not more than an hour ago. So there's no way we're going in there. Do you have bear spray? You shouldn't go in if you don't have bear spray. We were just like, I'm, we're good. And so we were like, all right, whatever. And we just did it. Um, nothing, we didn't really do anything different. And we were in Northern California. So it's not like I could carry a firearm with me or anything like that. But we were just like, whatever. We didn't have kids. And so we did it. And so um, there was actually a solo hiker who was behind us that overheard that. And he was like, hey, can I hike with you guys so that I'm not hiking out here by myself? And so we were like, yeah, dude, come on with us. And so there are three of us. We hiked through. Didn't end up seeing a bear. It was no big deal. We just had a good time. Didn't even think twice about it. Honestly, they told us, hey, there was a family of bears. We were just like, cool. And then we, I totally forgot about it like five seconds later. Well, Fast forward to a few days ago, so we're going on a hike in Yellowstone, and this time, differences are, you know, we're in Wyoming, um, I've got my firearm with me, I've got my concealed knife around my neck, um, I told a loved one where we were going, and uh, the biggest difference, though, between the, the hike in Northern California and the hike in Wyoming um, wasn't because we were well protected or anything like that, the biggest difference was we brought Bennett with us. And so, um, bringing Bennett with us, there was no sightings of bears. There was no, nothing on the radar, which actually we found out after the fact there was a bear, not like pretty close to where we were hiking, but, um, we didn't know that ahead of time, but it took us a really long time to get into the hike. And even still, even during the hike, our focus wasn't on entirely just going and having a good time. Because Bennett was with us, our priority, because of the, the fact that we were in nature, the fact that, you know, there's, you're in Yellowstone, there's a lot of bears there. So we were 
very conscious about the fact that we had a son with us who couldn't defend for himself. He couldn't take off running. He couldn't, he, he would have no clue what to do if a bear showed up. And so we had to protect him. And so it was now no longer about us. It was no longer about me and what I could do to get away from a bear or get away from anything like that. Or somebody that mugged you, it, in, in, introduce your fear into the equation. It doesn't really matter whether it's a bear or not, but it became very clear that there was more that we needed to do in order to protect our son. And so it became more about Bennett than it did about us. We were still able to have a good time and it was still a great hike. Um, We really enjoyed it, but our focus the entire time was not on ourselves anymore. Most of our focus was on Bennett, making sure he was safe, making sure he was uh, not screaming and crying because he was in his stroller or because we were carrying him and we couldn't let him down because there was cliff sides and whatever the reason. What? Yeah, um, that's true. And so no matter what it was, our focus was on something different. That's a big difference. And I, and I can tell you definitively the difference between the hike in Northern California and the hike a few days ago was significant. There was a big difference. And as Christians, that same difference between the hike in Northern California and the hike the other day, that same difference is really what our lives become before Christ and after Christ. Because before Christ, we can focus on ourselves. We can be selfish. We can think of ourselves first and foremost. But when we give our life to Christ, we don't have that option anymore. We do not get to be selfish anymore. And that selfishness is the antithesis, is the the opposite. That's probably not the right word. It's the opposite of how we should act as Christians. It's the opposite of what Christ calls us to. And so as Christians, we absolutely have to shift our focus and we can no longer live a selfish life anymore. We need to be conscious of those people around us. We need to be conscious of those people who we need to be reaching out to, those people we need to love, those people, whatever it is, we have to be very conscious about this. And so like I've said, every week since we've been going through Philippians, we're continuing the Philippians series today. Every week when we become Christians, it's no longer about you. It's about Jesus. When you become a Christian, it's no longer your story. You're not the center focus of the movie anymore. It's Jesus. And the harder you try to stay the focus, the harder your life is going to get. And so we're finishing up Philippians 3. I know we've kind of been painstakingly go through Philippians, but in my opinion, um, there's so much context, context here. We could literally have doubled the amount of sermons off of this uh, material. Philippians is just so rich with information. And like I shared a few weeks ago, it literally will take you 10 minutes to read it. I want to encourage you before you come in um, on a Tuesday, before we finish the Philippians series, read through it. Make sure you're familiar with it because there's just so much information here. So we're going to be in verse 15. Uh, I forgot to put the scripture on the screen, so you'll have to turn it to your Bibles. Um, my bad. So Philippians three fifteen. Like I said, that's not the right scripture. You can go back to the welcome to Chi Alpha. You can pretty much be done. I didn't, I didn't get, have time to fix any of the rest of the slide. Thank you, Jordan. So Philippians three fifteen says, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. 
Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as, for, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is in their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We have examples of faith to look up to. Living in the modern times, you have literally an endless supply of people who you can look up to and read about and learn from. From modern times, we have people like Francis Chan, Greg Laurie. Uh, If you guys watch the Jesus movement, uh, Greg Laurie is who that movie is about. Um, Just recent past, we have pastors like Billy Graham. Go back a little bit further, we have people like Charles Spurgeon, John Wesley, Smith Wigglesworth, Martin Luther, or we can go all the way back to Scripture, and we have the Apostle Paul, we have Luke, we have just the Bible in general to look up to. We have all of these examples. We have sermons. Man, you go go to YouTube and type in a sermon on, you want a sermon on faith, type sermon faith, and you'll have five thousand options at your fingertips that are solid sermons. You have a, an, a plethora, you have an endless amount of people that you can look up to for as a resource to live like. You also have people here. You have Courtney and I. You have mentors, you have pastors, you have people who you can look up to. Every single one of those people, I could tell you every person that I named right there, I could tell you every single one of them has preached regularly sermons on the importance of keeping our mind and our focus on eternity and not on our selfish desires. Just like Paul is teaching us right here in Philippians. Just like what he's telling us, just like in this letter to the church, there is an endless supply of sermons that are written on the exact same topic. In fact, Paul actually regularly talks about this to the letters of the churches. This is something that comes up over and over and over again. Almost every church struggled with this at some point. It's, it's whether they, I guess whether they struggled with it or not, Paul was quick to remind every church that he wrote a letter to something about this topic, even if it's just a short little paragraph like it is in Philippians 3 here. There's something reminding us to do this. And that tells me two things. The first thing it tells me is that it's extremely important. If Paul was regularly teaching churches about this, if he was regularly reminding them of the importance of keeping our minds on on eternity and not on our selfish desires, it's extremely important. The second thing that it tells me is that it is our natural tendency to not do that. That tells me that it's our natural tendency, our our status quo, our, our baseline as people is to think selfishly and to not think about eternity. Because if it was really easy, if we became a Christian, we're like, oh, I give my life to Christ and Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give myself to you. I'm going to get baptized. You know, and and we go through those, those motions or whatever and we, we become Christians. Okay. If instantly all of a sudden we naturally stopped being selfish and became kingdom minded, if it just naturally happened, Paul wouldn't have to warn us about it. 
preachers wouldn't have to preach sermons on it. I wouldn't have talked about it for the last seven weeks. But it's not natural for us. It's actually quite unnatural for us. Because in our past self, our, our, our fleshly desires were solely about us. And when we become Christians, we have to pick up our cross daily, it says in Scripture. And that tells me that we need to daily be reminded, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. It's not about me, it's about the kingdom of God. It's not about me, it's not my story, I'm not the center of this book. But I'm so thankful that I'm written in it. I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of this. But... Paul focused on it a lot, like I said. And so why is it important? Why is it so important? Our tendency is to, to do the exact opposite. Our tendency, when we walk into a room as, as human beings, I'm, I'm talking to the human side of us. I'm not referring to us as Christians. I'm talking to the earthly human side of us, Okay. As humans, when we walk into a room and it feels awkward, we immediately assume that we're what's awkward about this situation. We assume that we're the reason it got awkward. Or if you walk into a loud room and it all of a sudden gets quiet, we immediately assume we're the reason it got quiet. When we screw up and do something wrong, or when we, as Christians, when we sin and we feel our conviction, we naturally will space ourselves out from people we begin to, to grow distance around us uh, from the people who would hold us accountable, from our pastors, from our mentors, from our loved ones who would hold us accountable. We begin to instantly dis distance ourselves. <clears throat> Psychologically, there's a phenomenon that people don't even realize they do it, but everybody does it. When you're getting ready to move, when you get ready to start a new job, when you're getting ready to do a major life change, a major shift, you begin having frequent fights with the people you're closest to. A lot of times it happens when you're in high school and you're getting ready to go to college, um, but it happens more in adult life. <clears throat> when you're getting ready to move towns, when you get ready to graduate from college, it begins to happen. The people you're closest to, you start having regular fights with. And your subconscious is basically trying to create a break so that it makes it easier on you to leave. Psychologically, your body and your brain is trying to protect yourself. And so you begin fighting with the people around you that mean the most. The fact that that happens psychologically, and this is uh, something that has been well studied, it happens. And so if that's what our natural body does, that's what our mind does, that's what our subconscious does to us, then going back to this, it, it shows me how selfish we really are. Because we would rather fight with people than deal with the reality of, hey, this hurts because I'm leaving. Hey, this is hard for me. This is hard to do. This kind of sucks. We would rather alienate them in the process than deal with why it's hard for us. Then rather than dealing with the, the difficulty of the situation, we begin to create things. And, and this, it happens all the time. Or another example is 
Psychologically, again, going back to when we struggle with depression and anxiety, we isolate ourselves and we tell ourselves that other people either don't care about us or that we're just a burden to them. That's most times because it's easier than having a conversation with somebody about depression and anxiety. And so we lie to ourselves. We, we, we naturally tell ourselves these lies. We naturally do this as a human being. We do these things. But as Christians, what Paul's telling us to, and throughout the theme of Philippians, is, is regularly saying that like we have to think differently now that we're Christians. We have to behave differently now that we're Christians. We have to be conscious about these things now that we're Christians. We have to be better than that. We have to be better than ourselves. And the only way we can do it was with Jesus Christ. And lucky enough, as Christians... It's exactly who is in charge of our lives. But here's the key to it all too. We have Jesus, but there's something else missing from this equation. Because if all that we needed was Jesus, we could just isolate ourselves off, not be a part of society, not do anything, just be in our rooms and spend time with God and, and do what we got to do and then go back to our rooms. And if, if that was all that it was about was just Jesus, that's what God would call us to do. But Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Just reading 6.2. Galatians 6.2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Do you guys know? What the, what's the law of Christ? To love others as you love yourself. What's the, what comes right before that? To love God. And then love, but love your others. That is the law of Christ. It specifically comes from, good job, Jack. Comes from John 13. It says, or no, that one's a different, but the law of Christ is to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So going back to Galatians 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And in John 13, 35, it says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So let's look at the reversal of it. One thing I like to do in Scripture is look at both sides of the equation to further understand it. So if Galatians 6, 2 is telling us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way we fulfill the law of Christ, and the law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself, then if we look at it the opposite way, that we say we cannot fulfill the law of Christ if we aren't sharing each other's burdens. We cannot love our neighbor as ourself if we aren't sharing each other's burdens. They will not know, they will assume that we are not Christians if we are not sharing the burdens of those around us. 
And as Christians, I can only hold us accountable for what we do in Chi Alpha. I know there's Christians on this campus outside of Chi Alpha, but my focus is on you guys. You guys are the ones that God has called me to disciple and to raise up and to teach. And so I'm holding you guys accountable to each other in here. And we're just going to have this assumption as though we're talking about each other. That means that in this room, you cannot fulfill the law of, law, the law of Christ if you're not sharing each other's burdens in here. Can't do it. And if you aren't sharing each other's burdens, you're not loving each other. And if you're not loving each other, then no one will know that you're a Christian. They won't know that you're a Christian by Jack here, admittedly pretty legit Jesus is King flag. They won't know that you're a Christian because you have a shirt that says, I heart Jesus. They won't know you're a Christian because you have Bible verses plastered all over your room. They won't know you're a Christian because of your Instagram post with your open Bible and your perfectly placed cup of coffee sitting next to it. They won't know that you're a Christian based off of those things. They will know you're a Christian based off of the way that you love one another. I think a lot of us have experienced people who claimed they were Christ and didn't act like they were Christians. That tells me they didn't love others. They weren't loving. And so if by the definition of being a Christian, Jesus says they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. You can plaster the name Christian on you all you want, but if you don't love your neighbor, if you don't love the people in this room, it doesn't matter how much you call yourself a Christian, you're not acting like it. I can stand in a garage and call myself an automobile as much as I want, but I'm never going to be a car. I can call myself a Christian as much as I want, but if I don't love the others around me, if I don't love other Christians, if I don't love the people in this room, it doesn't matter how many times I proclaim that I'm a Christian. I can tattoo my body from head to toe. I can plaster it all over my car. I can wear every article of clothing that says I love Jesus. I can do everything in my power to visibly show that I am a Christian, but internally, if I do not love my neighbor, it doesn't matter. It's not true. And there is no truth in my claims. And so they will know you are Christian by your love for each other, by your sharing of burdens with each other. And that is what Paul is talking about to the church in Philippi right here. That's the model that Paul is giving the church. So that is the model that Chi Alpha is looking up to. That's the model that we as a church look up to. And that's what we want to be. We want to look like, we want to act like, and we want to be the kind of church that Paul is commanding us to be. So as a director of Shatter State Chi Alpha, I am saying that you are not Chi Alpha unless you love each other. You are not Chi Alpha unless you share the burdens of one another. You are not Chi Alpha unless you fit into what Paul is commanding us to do. Because you can't be Chi Alpha without loving each other. You can't be Chi Alpha without sharing each other's burdens. 
You can't be Chi Alpha without sharing the love of Christ to the campus as a whole. So we're going to do this real quick. I'm going to have everybody close your eyes. I want you to really hear my words. So the impact has been on what you're not. The impact is in what we should do and and looking at what we want to be and, and how we want to act, how we want to behave. But before we get there, in case there's a block, in case there's a wall, I need you to hear these words very seriously. I'm not sure how much more serious I can get. And so you need to trust me that what I am saying is true. Let my words impact your spirit tonight. Get past your head thought. Let them impact your heart tonight. You are not a burden. You are not alone. Your sin hasn't disqualified you. Your diagnosis does not define you. Your sin does not define you. Jesus defines you. And he loves you so much that he died for you. That is who you are. You are redeemed. And that's enough. You guys are amazing people. Each and every single one of you guys are phenomenal people. We truly do love and care for every single one of you guys. We just want you to see that in each other. So I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each and every single one of our hearts. Help us to understand what it looks like to love one another. Help us to understand what it looks like to be a cohesive unit, a family. And we've used the term in the past that Chi Alpha is really more of a family than it is a ministry. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to become more like a family. Help us to become more connected. Help us to understand what that next step is. What What's going to get us over this hurdle? What's going to get us past where we're at. We give it over to you, Lord. And it is in your name we pray. Amen.